it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hot! Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now. Stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show. Thanks for tuning to it. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house. As always. Good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, of course, and we appreciate you joining us on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Uh, by the way, just I, f- I failed to get to it last hour, and I shouldn't ever do that right off the bat here. It's a buck! It's a buck! Warchant.com on three. One dollar, one year, calling all FSU fans for a limited time only. You could be a part of Warchant.com for a dollar. A dollar. All your favorite shows, video, podcast, daily radio, Warchant TV. Forget about it. The articles to boot. You can't beat it. It's a dollar. It's the roundest roundtable in the business when you get all of us collaborating on Warchant.com. For a buck. One dollar, Bob. That is huge. So, uh, have fun with it. Mosey on over. Won't you please? And, it's a good uh, word. Mosey? Mosey, yeah. I mosey every morning to the coffee pot. Not with vigor? Like, I feel like mosey is... No, I yeah. mosey. I mosey. It's still early, early, early. I had a dream last night that... Uh, that I was at an FSU football game. I, oh, it, that's a thing in the checklist. I believe yeah, in the last yeah. five years, and we've never called attention to this, but in the preseason, you have specific football dreams of these Knowles. It is strange that I do that. It has started, you're right, probably the last five, six years. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't used to do it, but I do it now at minimum once, but oftentimes two or three times. I just have dreams where I'm walking into Doke. And a lot of times, uh, those dreams these days – uh, consist of me and my kids going into the game together. So I usually, it's it's always a, a great dream. It makes me smile. It always, because I'm seeing them and they're in their FSU gear and they're walking in. And I, it's usually nondescript 
I don't know who we're playing, but the weather's always nice. My brain knows enough to know, like my subconscious knows enough to know to make the weather nice. Because I'm always thinking we should stop and get like a sweatshirt, guys. It's a little little nippy out here today. Well, that's because you keep your house cold. If it's if you're sweating in the dream, that means your AC broke in real life and yeah, wake up. It ain't ever gonna happen unless it does do that. But uh, no, man, uh, you got to keep it cold in the house. Got to. It's hot enough out here. Can't be hot in your house, ever. But I had the dream. And so, yeah, you're right. That's part of the checklist. Also, just solidifying press credentials, passes, uh, places we're staying for games. You know, last week I mentioned that we got our credentials for the LSU game. These are all things that you just, the mental check boxes, uh, check marks, where you're saying, all right, check the box, feel good about it. Here we go. Uh, it's about to be go time. It, it's weird. We enter into a phase where they were just talking today, this morning, Mike Norvell was after today's practice, where he's like, this is this is it. This is the grind. This is, you know, you get into about practice 10, it starts getting hard. They're all hard, but it's really hard now because in succession, you've been going and you've been going and you've been going and you get tired of hitting the guy across from you and it is hot, it is muggy, and you are worn down. And now you've had a scrimmage on Saturday and you, it's just, you, you're trying to get to the finish line because you're so anxious to play a game. But meanwhile, Important decisions are being made by the coaching staff. They're still implementing things. You're still needing to rep things to perfection. Guys are still fighting for positional battles. So there's a lot on the line, and this is where he's challenging them big time to reach back, reach down deep, because great teams do. They find a way to push through this and become better in the midst of all of this, uh, for lack of a better term, anguish, hard work. Exhaustion. This is where you get better, where you get better by a little bit, a little bit each day. And it's cliche, but it's true. It's that's those are the games and workouts. If you're at Orange Theory Fitness and you're working out and you're trying to reach out and get your best time ever, well, how long do you sustain that push pace? Can you do it five seconds longer than you did it the last time you did this exercise? And that's not different than what they do out there in a football practice or what you do in really in any sport while you're training. It's just, okay, well, I did this last time. Can I do it a little longer this time? And I think for him, you know, the messaging has begun. Post-scrimmage, it's, guys, I get it. You're sick of seeing each other. It's hot as Hades out here. We're going over to Jacksonville. To my understanding, those practices, awesome. those practices aren't fun. Yeah, right? Can't wait. Yeah, those practices aren't fun. He purposely puts them in a difficult position, and that's what that's about. Um, So, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's football in a nutshell, a lot of it. It's what you got to, you know, dig down deep and, and, and accomplish. I think, though, that one thing that makes it easier to do is when you've been bad, because, I, I, you know, be, being bad sucks. It's not fun. Football's hard enough than to go out and lose every Saturday. So when you've been bad and you've lost more than you've won, you're going to be motivated. And then when the level of competition is elevated to where it is now, uh, you almost ensure a daily level of intensity that may not be there otherwise if you have a bunch of guys entrenched in their starting roles, which you don't have here, which you don't have here. Uh, something I am excited about, it was mentioned post-scrimmage, it was mentioned again today, post-practice. Um, we talk about what are we sure of, what do we know, what are things that, we're not speculating about, we're not guessing, we're not projecting, but what do we know? And I think between our observations and Mike Norvell's commentary, uh, repeated commentary, I think we know they're better at linebacker. I just think that that is 100% objectively true because I think we, we can weed out some of the supposition and all Like, let's get into what, what do we know to be true? They're better at linebacker. Lundy is in the best shape of his life, looks the part, 
as a third or fourth linebacker, right? I think you know the one-two have been very good every day at camp. He singled out, once again, Tatum Bethune is having a good scrimmage. Talked about Deloach. He's talked about that linebacking core. I think that group is just better, and that's exciting to know because, man, I can't stand watching. Now, the role has changed a lot in modern football. And linebacker to be a linebacker in today's game is very different than what it was to be a linebacker in the 80s. This is no longer about the toughness that it takes to fill, take on lead blockers solely, and sacrifice yourself for others to make plays or to have to shed in, in the hole and then basically you know, uh, be able to pursue. A lot of this is coverage. A lot of this is in space. A lot of this is being having, having a duality to your game uh, that linebackers of yesteryear didn't have to have. Uh, so, you know, when you describe linebacker play, you're looking for guys who have uh, a diversification of skill sets and, and that they didn't used to have. We haven't had good ones in a while, no matter the era that you're talking, right? We used to have them all the time. I feel in the modern era, we've struggled to have consistent linebacker play. So I'm excited to see some consistency there. I don't know that they'll be elite they're just going to definitely be better. Yeah, one of the few notes I make is today had uh, today had a feel of let's recalibrate, get through it, and then I feel like tomorrow they're going to go full pads and really get after it period for period. But one of the notes that players that stuck out to me was Tatum again. And it wasn't just because – because here's something that if you are an advanced football lover and watcher, you'd say, well, if you've got a rotation of offensive linemen in there that you you know probably wouldn't start for you – and you've got this D-line, then the lanes are probably wide open for a player like Tatum Bethune or Kalen Deloach to make an impact in practice or in a scrimmage. While that's true, guys that had similar lanes available to them did not make as many plays as Tatum Bethune does. I'm watching him make certain plays this camp. He did some in spring as well, where it's not about that. It's just about diagnosing a play and anticipating where it's going to go. You know, we talked about it with Jameis Winston for a long time that the anticipation was what was next level with him. It's not the only position on the field where anticipation is key. Linebacker, it's critical. You've got to understand what an offense is doing to you and his anticipation of where the ball is going to be, where a ball carrier is going to be, is something that just looks different compared to what we've seen. He's always around it. I don't know how those guys are going to do in coverage, especially if you've got good tight ends or slot receivers on the other sideline. I don't know how they're going to look there, but anything in front of them, they are worlds better than they were, and that's a really exciting development. Diagnosis is key at the position, you're right, but they can't be worse in coverage than they were last year. For much of the season, that was really something you knew that would be exploited every week. I don't think it'll be exploited every week this year. I think they're better. Tatum's better. Deloach got better in the second half of the season. And Lundy's in a position where he has slimmed way down and can at least, I think, it might be a fair fight against a tight end. So, again, are they elite in that area? Nope. Nope, they don't have that. The upper echelon of this league has, let's say, three units of linebacker play. Top three teams uh, defensively have guys that can do both. But most teams don't. That's a hard role. That's a hard role. you got to get special players in here. Well, and also, as you fill out that rotation, the one thing I've seen from Mari Gaynor this camp he has decided to just play with an edge, a different level of nastiness, that chippiness that I have not seen consistently with him. He it is, happened in the spring. It is on full blast this camp. 
he's around it. And he's fighting. He's. I think he's trying to find a personality or something or whatever it is to help him uh, get pushed over the edge and, and see more consistent snaps. Because he finished the season, I thought, fairly strong. It's just that you've got a better player in front of you now, like world's better in, in Bethune. But Amari has a little something to him this camp. He's not getting lost in the shuffle. He's trying to remind the staff as often as possible, hey, I need to be out there at least some of the game. Well, this is the byproduct of the competition of which we speak. I said in spring uh, that I saw evidence of that. He recognized pretty early on if I'm going to get reps, if I'm going to play as much as I want to play, then I'm going to have to really show this staff something more than what I've been showing because the guy that came in here is better than I am, which changes the depth chart by definition, and I can be better than I was. I want to get better. So you, you marry those two, and you're going to get a guy who's on edge who's fighting for reps. So that's good. Again, that's the byproduct of the competition. You want to see that. Hey, it was good also to hear him mention Duke Cooper having a good day. Uh, you know, Duke has been a guy that's been a little up and down in camp, uh, if I may say. There have been moments where you're like, oh, that's not like him. I think it's because we have the bar so high with him that at the end of last year, he just was so good. You thought, all right, well, hit the ground running and take that to the next level, and he may very well do that. But he's had some inconsistent moments in camp. It's good to hear that, according to Coach Norvell, he had a good scrimmage. That's good to hear, obviously, and you're still looking. Uh, Renato, Green, Renato Green's name got mentioned several times even today. So, okay, good good to hear. Let that competition be. You know, we, t- we talked to Sam McCall today uh, who had a good scrimmage as well. So it's exciting. So we don't know much else beyond that. You, you hold your breath on the guys that are missing some time right now. Everybody gets dinged in camp to what degree. We don't know. They're not discussing injuries with us. So uh, until otherwise, we really can't comment on that. Uh, We know just from his own admissions that they've had to shuffle the offensive line. We talked about that last hour because some guys are being held out for a variety of reasons. Don't want to get into specifics with that. But, again, that's just the nature of camp. It can lead to sort of a a convoluted mess at times. And other times you just expect that that's the way it's going to be when you're trying guys at different positions because you want to get them experience. Well, that's not the only position where that's happening, too. Coach did speak about, Mike Norvell did speak about, how the safeties in the beginning of camp were being held out. And, you know, there were minor things they are going to be brought along. But that's, you know, different parts of camp you have this happen. Different parts of the season you have this happen where – you know, maybe a Tuesday is not the most important thing in the world for a bona fide starter to be out there. But if you can get backup reps, if Shaheem Brown could get more run at safety or Sidney Williams or McClellan or whoever it's going to be that rotates in there, that's going to parlay itself into something good for you in October when somebody rolled an ankle and they're going to be out for a series. Now you have the more experience. It's not just the offensive line that that's happened to over the course of camp. It's been several positions, but that is the nature of these things. Sometimes I wonder if, if we in the media have forgotten that because we don't get to see camp you know, every day with every coach. But now it's, it's the normal thing. We weren't able to see it with Mike during COVID either, so it's nice to be there for a fall camp every single day. But these are the ups and downs that come with it. And again, this is a critical week where just come out of this whole thing healthy, man. You're going six <laughs> straight days. You just don't want to hear anything that's dire, especially from the tone of Mike, if he's not willing to admit it after a practice just yet by saying, well, we had a couple of guys. You don't want to hear that. Mm-mm. That's this week. Get through it healthy and get through it ready to go. Well, it's also because while we speak pretty consistently of improved depth, we also know that there's they're still not the deepest team in the world. They're improving in those areas. They didn't have any depth at all a year ago on the offensive line. They have depth this year on the offensive line, but 
the quality does suffer anytime a starter goes down, so you're holding your breath no matter what. And the same can be said at linebacker. Like, here I am praising what the linebacking core could be, but like many positions, if you lose a starter, you're not that deep. You're one player away from being pretty damn average. So, that yeah, you're going to hold your breath right now. We're not where we are operating at peak efficiency. When that's the case, the five-star replaces the five-star, and if he goes down, the four-star comes in. That's not – it's been a minute since we've been there. So while we've improved in a lot of areas, this team really can't afford much in the way of injury. Uh, the, the depth improvement is real, but I do think that the quality of that depth, while better, still you lose a guy or two, you you fall off pretty quickly at certain positions. Uh, again, they're deep in the offensive backfield at running back. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but they have a lot of guys that if somebody were to miss a game or two, you feel pretty good about that rotation. You don't feel that way about wide receiver. You just don't. So it, it varies, of course, but we always hold our breath this time of year because when you're not loaded, you can't afford a guy to yeah, miss any real time. It's a big week for that position group i mean every every week is with receiver because you haven't proven yourself and, and i remember last week you said can somebody just be the second can somebody you know emerge as the second guy consistently mm-hmm. yeah here's your chance you know we've got three days here in tallahassee one down deuce had a decent day today i thought johnny had some moments micah had a rough start to practice but he's gonna be one of those two so you're fine i thought Keyshawn helton had a good day one of the great catches of uh, camp. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I made a great catch. Another one downfield later on in camp, I mean, it, or later on in, in the practice. But if we get through two more days in Tallahassee and then Aslan and Corey are going out to cover in Jacksonville and you hear the same name maybe four out of those five days, that could be a huge difference. It could be a huge difference, and maybe it shuffles up the depth chart as they see it um, behind the scenes. I'm rooting for it. I think that you have a couple of guys you trust on game day. Uh, Pokey is not dynamic, but you trust him on game day. You want his role to be that of a three, to be something along those lines. I think Micah is going to be pretty good for us on game days. I don't know every week that he's going to do something that stands out, but I think his competitiveness and his toughness are going to shine on game days. You know, I I need Malik McClain to take another step forward. Um, He's got the body for it. There are flashes in camp where you go, there it is, but the consistency is lacking. That next guy, whoever it is, you want that to emerge over these next six days, certainly before you get to that first game. I think you will find somebody. I don't know. Again, they're not going to be the best receiving core in the league, not even close. But for what we're trying to do, I do need one other guy to step up and to be dependable. That's the fun thing is I ask you guys about that because typically in in the smaller drills, not the full 11-on-11, concurrently are – skill and then trenches and i'm usually watching what's going on in the trenches so when those things get done and they meet for full team yeah. on team mm-hmm. like hey anybody uh anybody stand out there anybody have a couple of good uh, reps and and usually they're different answers every day that's the hard part is it's it seems to be a different guy every day standing out you want to hear the same name over and over again. or four names same four names i'd love to be like tom it look at doesn't this doesn't have to be one yeah yeah you're allowed to have multiple players oh, Ketron had a good day today oh really I'd forgotten that he was in the shuffle right, the next yeah. day. Keyshawn had a good day. That's, oh, that's, how about Kentron? Eh, not so much. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. No, that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. Yeah. Ira uh, Chappelle set to join us here in a few minutes. Let's step aside for a moment. Jeff Cambridge, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Seven nothing Rays? No, that's that's a final. That, you got these wrong. I'm getting things lined up for later in the show, and I realized that that game wasn't today. That was yesterday. A little Monday matinee? That would have been strange. I thought so, too. That's why I was looking at it, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's not right. It's like only when they run the Boston Marathon, right? You had that 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. in uh, Fenway. So I, I saw, uh, admittedly, I was reading The Athletic, uh, a story in The Athletic, and they have a little thing down at the bottom. Where they have a college football hopometer. <laughs> All right. It's called a hopometer survey. And basically, the question is how optimistic are you about your team for the 2022 season? And they'll talk about Georgia fans maybe perhaps gearing up for a repeat, or maybe they're resigned to the fact that uh, it's going to be Alabama's again, right? So, where are you at? It varies depending on team. If you're a fan of Ohio State, you feel very differently than if you're a fan of Purdue, for example. But they get it down here to the simplest of things, which is you put your name in, the team that you support, and the question is, honestly and realistically, are you optimistic about your team's prospects for the 2022 season? In parentheses, they write, we know that optimism exists on a scale, but dig deep, give us your gut feeling, and one answer. Circle, number one, optimistic and hopeful. Exclamation point. Circle number two, not so optimistic and hopeful. I would think that the vast majority of this fan base is on which side of the ledger? Circle number one, all day. I think you and I agree on that, optimistic and hopeful, but I think we get back to a define your terms moment here, and that is, what does that mean? Eight. Eight wins. So if the scale is eight, I wonder if the answer for the majority of the fan base would be optimistic and hopeful or not so optimistic and hopeful. I wonder. I don't know the answer to that. I know where we sit. I know where, I think I certainly know where Ira, who's about to join us in a minute, where he sits on this scale. But if you set the number at eight, would the vast majority of this fan base check the box that reads optimistic and hopeful? I wonder what Ira would uh, circle. He's going to circle optimistic and hopeful. He is going to he's going to check that box. I'm I'm sure of it. I know he feels good about where this team is headed. And uh, listen again, 
relative to where they've been, I'm in agreement that I would check optimistic and hopeful. But I think you just said it. If we gave this same survey to the fan base at large and said, the number's eight, are you optimistic and hopeful for that number or are you not so optimistic and hopeful? I have a bad feeling. I think I think they'd say below. I think they'd, they'd check the second box. What well, speaks to who you are right now as a pessimist? I'm- <laughs> Sarcasm, folks. Oh, goodness. Is my man there? He is. Irashfell, warchant.com joins us as he wants to do on a Monday. Hello, good sir. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm well. You would check optimistic, right? For sure. At eight, if the number was eight, optimistic and hopeful is your answer? Yeah, for sure. And how likely do you think it is that they get to nine wins? Uh... I mean, I think it's 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 a decent chance. Like I, I, you know, and again, I, you know, Tom and I talked about this last night on the Sunday Smash. I I would have thought that that was a slim possibility coming into camp, but I don't think it's slim anymore. I mean, I think it's there's a chance they'll do that. I mean, I, you know, again, I I I think when you look at the totality of this team, I think they're substantially better. They're going to be substantially better than what they were a year ago. And I think when you look at this, you know, schedule, it is challenging. But it's not like you know. It's it's not like there are teams that they're going to be substantially inferior to. I think there's going to be a lot of games that are good games and close games. Um, so I, you know, I think if things go right, they, I think they could get to nine wins. And I don't know if I really saw a path to that maybe before camp. What did you make of the coaches' poll? Florida State's I, nowhere to be found. That is not surprising at all. But I haven't I haven't I haven't looked through it. Um, I mean, look, Florida State hasn't had a winning season since Jimbo left. Um, so I don't know that you, you, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be very clued in to the fact that this team's improved, but I think, you know, to your point though, if they, if they win eight games or obviously if they win nine, but if they win eight games, you know, they could be back in the poll this season. They could, if they go even, you know, three and one or something like that to start the season, they might be back in that discussion again, which they haven't been in for a while. I was stunned to see 55th is where they have us. 55th, Ira. It'll hurt your soul. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it evens out with the times they had them third or fifth, <laughs> sixth, and uh, where did they finish then? Yeah, I think that's the backlash. I think all these years later, like these sons of bitches burned us for years. We're not falling prey again. They've given us no evidence that they're back. Yeah, I I understand how it works as as well, and I too think that they're better. Um, what do we make? And I'll ask your opinion because again. We're not able, for those joining us on WarChant TV or listening on 93.3, we are not, as media members, able to take in and watch uh, the scrimmages. And so we didn't see what happened Saturday night. We can only go by what Mike Norvell had to say in the aftermath of that scrimmage. What did you glean from his comments, if anything specific? Uh, you know, I think that it just sounds like it was pretty similar to maybe what we saw on Friday. You know, I think they were late last week. Um, you know, where he, and he's talked about it, you know, they have had, um, some, some challenges on the offensive line. And I think that, you know, he mentioned today that Julian Armella got a, a decent amount of reps on the first team offensive line. That's probably not what you were hoping for going into preseason camp that you were having a, a freshman, uh, playing a lot of snaps on the offensive line. And he's a good player. And I think he's going to be a really nice player. Um, but you know, they're just thin right now in the offensive line and you're going up against a defensive line that's, probably uh, one, one of the two or three strengths of your entire team. 
So that's that's going to be a tough time. So I don't. It doesn't surprise me that the offense didn't go up and down the field. I think they had some good moments. Um, but you know, I think the the other interesting thing I think he talked about. And it's not a a sexy topic, but he talked about today, and Alex Atkins referenced it uh, after the scrimmage on Saturday night that. You know, the way they practice, because they do so much situationally during install. Okay, we're going to work on third and short. Then we're going to work on third and long. Then we're going to work on first down. You know, and it's actually being out there for drives, extended drives, that they saw, you know, some of the focus, some of the concentration, some of the attention to detail slip uh, out of both fatigue. I mean, they ran over 100 plays in the scrimmage, which Mm. is a lot. Um, I think fatigue and lack of focus affect them, but... And again, I think that's going to be the big challenge of this whole week. And he talked about today is, you know, now they're in it. They're in the dog days right now. And then you, st- but you still got to get, keep getting better. And you still have to work on that, that whole aspect of can you maintain that focus and, and attention to detail when you're so tired and when you're frustrated and worn out. And I think that's going to determine, you know, how much better this team can be. It's a good point. And I'm glad you emphasized something he said again today about that, which is, Again, when you're running uh, and installing and, and running situational, that's a lot different than a game and the way things that can play out. They, 100 plays plus is a lot of plays. I could see where you would, especially if some guys aren't participating, being held out for a variety of reasons, you could see guys get tired in a hurry. But I guess that speaks to Ira, really one of the advantages of getting started so early and having 90% of the players uh, that are going to be participating this year, having already been here in the spring, they hit the ground running from day one with install. So now you have more opportunities uh, to to run extended series when you go into scrimmages. Yeah, and I do think that you know, again, like a lot of young players have been able to to play real meaningful reps. You know, today, uh, you know, another guy we talked to was Sam McCall, a freshman defensive back, and uh, you know, you could just tell, you could tell that he is comfortable out there. It's not like he's learning. He was here in the spring, and then during the summer, the coaches were able to be out there with them. That's the new rule. They were actually be able to do things with them with a football, and they got to go through some drills. So so those guys were in a much better mental uh, position in terms of – and now my dog's barking. <laughs> uh, but they were in a much better – they're much more uh, – much further along than they've been in the past. And so that's, uh, I think, a plus. But, um, you know, I think when you look at this team – this again this week I think is going to be a huge, uh, just a huge week for them because you know they do have a head start. I do think they have a head start in a lot of ways, but can they capitalize on that and keep you know growing as opposed to getting stagnant? Go make sure nobody's breaking into that house. Your dog is doing the right thing, Ira. I'll talk to you later, brother. I'll get him. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Oh man, and his dog's awesome. That's Ira Chaffel, WarChant.com, my cohort there, and uh, you know. I hadn't thought, I'm glad he brought it up. We didn't talk about that aspect, but Mike did bring it up today as well as after the scrimmage. Running 100 plays when you've basically been doing situational football for the most part, 7-on-7s, 11-on-11, an install rep, as opposed to playing a game, is very, very different. And the adrenaline one feels under the lights when you know you're being evaluated differently. A scrimmage is very different than just a practice and a rep. It can get to you very very quickly. You have to learn how to deal with those emotions and that adrenaline and not to give too much too soon early in a scrimmage. And if if you're young and you've never done it, or if you've never been in a position to participate in one of those scrimmages where something was on the line for you, that is to say you were on the team last year, but you had no chance in hell of starting. Now, through hard work, perseverance, maybe put on some pounds, whatever it might be, 
you are in a position to win or lose reps uh, for the upcoming season by how you participate in this scrimmage. Well, the nerves skyrocket, the adrenaline skyrockets, and you can be absolutely exhausted inside of 25 plays. I've experienced it. It's amazing. It's a weird phenomenon. And so I forget about that aspect when we just talk about how uh, crisp or not uh, a scrimmage is, and especially their first. Sounds like they had a good one. Sounds like they learned a lot. Sounds like they have plenty of tape to evaluate, to shuffle guys around and teach a little bit more. But it also speaks to uh, some guys maybe being held out for a variety of reasons, also getting tired and having to fight through it. Yeah, I think that's that's what this week is all about, fighting through it. If you're going to boil it down to one phrase or one cliche, that's what Mike was harping on today. It's not like they're going to go full pads the whole week. It's not like they have two days anymore, but this is just a sustained week of are you engaged or are you not? And Norvell is always engaged. You want that from your head <laughs> yeah, coach, but yeah. I mean beyond – Beyond the norm of what you might expect, he is locked in yelling, hurry up every 10 seconds in practice, it feels like. Well, is that guy going to grade on you, and are you going to shut down on Thursday because you're just tired of hearing his voice, or are you going to dig in and make some plays? And there are certain players on this roster that, you know, they could have a a bad week this week, and they're still going to be playing, and they're still going to be starting, like a Fabian Lovett or Robert Cooper. And those guys are affixed. But there aren't a ton of players like that where you're saying, that dude's going to be a starter no matter what. You could lose position this week if you're not careful. And if you are extremely careful slash locked in, you can gain a lot of reps this week. With a good solid six days, one down, five to go, you could change your fortunes for this season and beyond. I'm not commenting on how he did or didn't do in the scrimmage because I don't know. But from the observing camp, you know, I guess reps that I've seen, one guy who's put himself in a position to have an opportunity is Courtney. He continues to, to to play hard every day and get better every day and make plays when he's given opportunities. I don't know how much they expect from Brian Courtney, but he's played well in camp. And to your point, I haven't seen him miss a day or take a day and kind of go through the motions. He's been a guy, since we're just talking about guys who find a way to persevere and work through, he's been a guy who's done that in every practice I've been at. And that's exciting. He may It may be too soon for him. I don't know. The coaches will make that evaluation. I just know that his reps are solid every time. And he is now larger that he could be involved in other facets. Like if you need some help on special teams in either Correct. your coverage or your return, return units, not all lanky bean poles that can run four threes. You need variety in those particular phases of the game. So he could be working there. Yeah, there's a pulse at tight end. Right? I mean, it's it's a faint one. It's a faint pulse, but it's a pulse. But it's not a flat line, right? First time in a while. Yeah. If you're hearing this right now and you or someone you know is active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a teacher, turn up the volume and listen to this. My friend Shannon with Legendary Home Loans has a hometown hero loan program designed to make a difference to those who make a difference in the community. When it's time to buy a new home, you'll waive all lender fees for all hometown heroes. That's over $1,600 value right there out of the gate. Also, if you decide to use their preferred title company for the closing, you'll be saving another $600. So we're talking about over $2,200 in discounts right off the top. That's uh, good news for you and all of you who work so hard to give back. So, again, save as much money as you can wherever you can. If you or someone you know is active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or school teacher, Looking to buy a new home, choose Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. 
Ask about their Hometown Heroes program. Call 844-FSU-LOAN. That is 844-FSU-LOAN. Or just visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. Our thanks to Ira Chaffel for joining us a moment ago. At Jake Cameron Show on Twitter. Good to be with you. Hello. Georgia. Utah at eight. I'm going through the coaches poll, which we had fun with earlier. Uh... I did a Utah preview for Florida in the dead of summer for College Sportsbook. You know, you and I have been talking about how we're going to meander about these first couple of weeks with all that we have to do and the excitement that ensues. And um, where are we going to be for that Florida-Utah game? That is yet to be nailed down, but that's going to be, I would think, an opportunity for us to all get together as Knowles. And watch that's that what game. I was hoping. Yeah. That's what I was hoping. It should be a great game. Yeah. I mean, a Dead great in the middle of the day, it's perfect. Too. It is a great game. Because uh, everybody who has something they want to do in New Orleans, including us, you all want to go out to your restaurants, you want to go to Bourbon Street, you want to go find some music, whatever it is, we're going to go our separate ways after Utah drops the hammer on Napier. That's what we're going to do. I really think when you look at Florida's schedule, um, that's a game that decides whether or not they go – Eight and four, possibly nine and three, or seven and five. Right? I mean, that that is one of their fulcrum games, just like we've talked about with us. And I'm doing it more lately because here we sit, uh, celebrating the fact that it is the eighth of August, sir. Twenty days. I mean, less than twenty days. I mean, really? Here we go. I know. I know. Nebraska Northwestern isn't. High on the uh, Richter scale there. It's high on your Richter scale on the first week. It's just a it's a game between two Big Ten powers, Tom. What's the race to? Ten. A little ten to seven action. Wyoming, Illinois is high on my uh on my Richter scale there. That's the uh four PM kickoff, buddy. Wyoming, Illinois. You have to admit, from a uniform standpoint, all right, these two boring-ass uniforms. Here we go. I don't know about that collection of colors together. Sometimes the it's brown, about brown, yellow, orange, and blue, yeah. and white. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, obviously, we play at 5 o'clock on this list here, Duquesne and Florida State, but you could be locked in, perhaps, to a 
burgeoning upset that night as Florida A&M keeps it close into the second half with North Carolina. Who knows? West Virginia Pitt. Now we're skipping ahead to the first. I just like to start to get my head around the first week of college football, and it's easy to do now because the games will be upon us before you know it. I guess slightly underrated. I don't know. Director Matthew, a little Penn State-Purdue. Early in the season? Little, Early in the season, that's okay. You know, Penn in week State, nine, you're like, that's uh, Penn State-Purdue. But a little Penn State-Purdue. Okay. There's not – it's slim pickings. I mean, I am two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, Virginia Tech, because you have lost to Old Dominion before. So Utah, Florida is actually at 7 Eastern. That's 6 local out there, though. 6 is still plenty early. In New Orleans on a Saturday, rather, by 8.30, 9 o'clock, once Utah's up three scores, you're like, all right, I'll see you all later. <laughs> uh, should be a fun game, and they, they reciprocate the following year, which is interesting. Never, Finally. Yeah. Oh, those you cowards. Never, I know. You never see that. But uh, I, I know. I When that was scheduled, I thought, all right, all right. I uh, love that game most early in the season. Uh, and, you know, obviously discounting how much uh, excitement I feel for Florida State LSU on the 4th. But I can't get a feel for that one yet. I keep wrestling with it. I'm not there. A week ago, two weeks ago, I might have been like, yeah, it comes down to a field goal. Then, depending on what we see in a given day of practice, I'm like, oh, I feel good. We're going to win that game. Next day, I'm not so sure we got a chance in that game. So I'm all over the map right now in Florida State LSU. Are you going to be watching a lot of LSU media coverage? You know, well, I'm certainly going to be reading. Brian Kelly pressers and such? No, uh, I don't need to watch Brian Kelly pre- pressers, but I will be reading the guys who I trust covering that program, and we will be reaching out to some of those guys and seeing what we can get. Um, we need to. We need to figure out exactly what's what. I mean, that is um, – that's a huge game. I feel like if you win that game, man, you really are in a position to set yourself up to have a season that changes your fortunes. And that's all we're asking. That's where Hope Springs Eternal is. How close are you to having the kind of season that infuses life in what is a dormant program, a frustrated fan base, uh, and, and one that really needs it when it comes to recruiting? I mean, we get a guy here and there that you feel good about, but the truth is you're not getting those in mass, and you're not going to be able to hold the ones you got if you have a bad year. We all know it. We all know it. There's no need to dance around it. So you got to win games. And if you beat LSU on September the 4th, man, can you imagine what you're selling then in terms of the hope and, and the vision of where you're headed? It's a good product you're selling there, and you've got a bye week to enjoy it. That's that's what I'm talking about is the energy around here locally. I, I understand the Noel fan base that listens to us is all over the southeast, but just as a citizen of this town – the excitement level ahead of that Louisville game. I know it's not here, but you go watch college football with everybody else that bye weekend. I mean, places around here are going to be buzzing. You're going to be watching all the other games with a smile on your face, not lamenting what you could be when you're seeing stuff on TV. Man, when can we do this? You're saying, all right, all right, guys. Game's afoot. It's been a long time since there were people gathering at the local watering holes and restaurants of Tallahassee in mass, feeling good about college football, at least as it's played here in our own backyard. It's it's been a minute. It's been too long, and the schedule hasn't always done them any favors. To some degree, it isn't again this year, with the LSU game being in New Orleans instead of this being a home and home type series. But I, I just I want that so much for our community. You're right. For those of us that do live right here in Tallahassee, Florida, it's important to see that play out. We were asked in the chat if we beat LSU, will we create recreate the Brian Kelly video from the recruiting? And the answer is no. no, no, no. 
Absolutely not. Garrett, we will not do that. We will play it on a loop, perhaps. Yes. But no, Tom and I are not going to recreate <laughs> I that. I mean, the farthest I can go for you is maybe photoshopping our domes on each person just for comedy value, but even that feels a little much. Uh, Eric wants to know, have we heard anything about Malcolm Ray uh, taking a step forward since last year? Well, we've been at the practices yeah. and watched Malcolm Ray, Eric. We've been at every practice. so I could tell. Yeah, I'll take that one. Uh, in spring, he was a really good player, and then in the last week, week and a half, he's, he's emerged again. I mean, he's been good. He's been good. He's very squarely the third option or the fourth option, depending upon the day, because Josh Farmer's had a great camp too, I think. So those guys are going to be playing a lot, 44 and 99. Farmer had a really good spring. He's been a little bit more subdued. He's been good. I was hoping that we would continue to see him just kick down the door. He's been good, but he can be. he's going to play a lot. Yep, his best reps are very – he's going to show up and you're going to know his name if you're a casual Noel fan, if his best reps look, in games look like his best reps in practice. Yeah, and Malcolm Ray has been much better lately. I think it took them putting on the pads. <laughs> Frankly, I think Malcolm was kind of like, all right. I'm a big man. It's hot as hell out here. We're in the trenches where being in shells ain't exactly teaching anybody anything. So, Yeah, well, and they're going to get a lot of reps too because you know what you've got and you want to make sure that the big dogs in you know Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett are ready to mm. go for the season. So yeah. you know they're going to get extra reps. That's what happened in spring too. So a lot of these guys in the interior, they're, they're loaded there for the next few years. It's a great position to be in. All right, here we go. Let's do some probables. Fire it up, my friend. It's time for... How you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? What a nice respite for you after throttling the Braves. You guys got a, a series against the sorry-ass Reds. They've won each of their last five series. And they're 44 and 63. That's how, well, 3 and 22 is how they started, right? So, yeah. yeah. Strange. You should be all right. Blue Jays, Orioles. You sick of Gucci. Jordan Lyles for the Orioles. Reds, Mets, Justin Dunn, Chris Bassett, Nats, Cubs, Annabelle Sanchez, Keegan Thompson, Angels, A's, Jose Suarez, Cole Irvin, Pirates, D-backs, oh boy, they'll be packing them in, Valley Sports, Arizona, highest ratings ever, Tyler Beatty and uh, Zach Gallon, sweet. I, I don't know what sounds worse, you know. Arizona Diamondbacks baseball or D-backs baseball on Bally Sports Arizona. You like the way I threw that in there? Ooh. Ooh. Welcome in, friends. It's time for D-backs baseball, where tonight your Arizona Diamondbacks on Bally Sports Arizona host the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know who their play-by-play guy is? No. Steve Berthume. Is it? Remember him? Yeah. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Giants, Padres, Alex Wood, Blake Snell. Yankees Mariner, Jameson Tyon, Logan Gilbert. Should be good. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. I owe Ira some red stripe beer. We lost two out of three to the Orioles. You know, we pasted their ass eight to one last night, yesterday afternoon. And lost the first game one to nothing. Really, that series came down to the first game. Had we just scored two runs, we would have taken the series. Clearly, the better team. But 
Congratulations to him for holding on to the home field there and winning two out of three. And they're squarely in that race now for the wild card. Two back along with four other teams, two back in that final spot there. So there's a lot of climbing and wrestling, but it's cool. And I have nothing against Orioles fans or the Baltimore Oil franchise. Certainly nothing but fond memories for Pittsburgh fans when it comes to the Orioles. I'm sure you're glad to see that the Cardinals are never going to lose a baseball game again either. I don't want to talk about it. Drives me nuts. Same thing at the end of every year. Good work out of you. Thank you, Ira. Good work, Director Matthew. And thanks to all of you, as always. Seminole Headlines tomorrow will be with you. Be good, everybody. Take care. Have a great night.